we walk by faith or not by sight. See, we are not to be thrown off by our circumstances and our feelings about what's going on. That's what throws us off, our circumstances and our feelings. But God said we don't walk by feelings, we walk by faith. Because your feelings will cause you to be sad and sorrow and fearful. But your faith will cause you to have confidence that God is going to bring you out. Believers ought to live on the promises of God and on the Word of God. Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. The only hope we have is in Christ Jesus. It doesn't matter what you're going through. The hope in Christ is eternal. You may be facing some tremendous challenges right now. Join us today as we share this message with you about hope. When we look at the letters that were written by the apostles in the New Testament, they were written to the church to help the church walk through practical things in their lives. We're going to look again at the book of 1 Peter as he wrote this epistle to the church. The epistle is just a letter. One of the things Peter wanted to get over to the members of the early church, that they would have an understanding of the blessings that were given to them. Want to have an understanding of the blessings. And I think we still need to do that today. We need to have an understanding of the blessing. And while I'm, while I'm thinking about that, I want you to get this picture. It just came into my mind. We, we have three children, and they grew up through, and now they're all out of the house. There's a part in, in their lives when they seem to be unappreciative of what they have. And, you know, you have to tell them, you know, you you just don't appreciate what you already have because they keep wanting more and complaining about the situations that they're going through or the state that they're in. They're complaining when they're sleeping in a bedroom by themselves. They got their own bed. There was uh, six of us in one bedroom, three in one bed. And they got their own room with their own bed with a television. And all kinds of stuff. You done bought them a phone? I see little five years old walking around with iPads. I want to snatch it because it's, it's in better shape than mine. <laughs> and then they got the nerve to throw a tantrum. And you're saying you just don't know how good you have it. And it's the same way with people in the church. God has done so much for us already. Come on, say already. He's done so much for us already, and sometimes he's looking at us like, really? And Peter is saying to the church, I want to share with you what God has already done for you. So along with an eternal life God has given us, he's also given us an abundant life, Jesus said. Now let's look at how Peter explained it in his first letter in 1 Peter chapter 1. A couple of weeks ago, we started on this, but we didn't finish. He says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection 
of Jesus Christ from the dead. Let me just put a disclaimer on this message right now. This message is only for those who are saved and who are believers. If you're not saved, then this is not for you. So I'm just going to talk to those who are saved. So if you're saved, you need to lean forward. We're reading this, and the problem with reading this is that uh, he has in his great mercy given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and it just goes right over our head because it's not a Mercedes. I'm looking for something else, Lord. I'm looking for my, my, my overflow. I'm looking for my blessing. I'm looking for my new season. And he can say, you can have all the new seasons you want to, but if you don't have a new birth. He says he's given us an inheritance in verse 4 that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power unto the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Peter is saying he has given you an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you. He said, you got a blessing with your name on it. You got a blessing. It's an inheritance. It is kept for you in heaven who through faith are shielded by God's power. He's holding that for you. So in this passage, Peter point out some things that God has given us. He's given us, number one, a new birth. Secondly, a living hope. And third, an inheritance. Our challenge is to have a better appreciation for what that is and how that works in our lives. And why Peter was so excited about that, uh, we have to figure out why is he so excited about that. It doesn't seem to excite the believers today. Well, I'm telling you that if you get a good understanding of that, you will be excited today. So reflecting on all that God has given us, Peter wrote on the subject of joy. And as I've been thinking about that and wondering about that, I said, you know, I think that's a very appropriate subject because from where I sit as a pastor, one thing that I do notice that the people of God seem to be devoid of joy. Joy is a critical element of the believer's life. We go through as all that we can and we don't have joy. And if I were to take a survey before I told you what I was talking about, 60% of you say, I need more strength. See, he recognized that the believers needed to be reminded and encouraged as they faced severe trials and persecution. I need to remind you because you are facing severe trials and persecution. Nine out of ten of you right now are facing trials. And the other one out of ten is facing persecutions. Because somebody's getting on your last nerve. That's what you call in persecution. I got some issues going on. Everybody seems to have something. Everybody's got something that we're dealing with. Now, look at what he says. This is my text in verse 6. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, 
you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Peter gives a perspective on joy so that believers may triumph in the most adverse circumstances. He says, in your most adverse circumstances, you can triumph. He highlighted the reality that joy brings confidence because we have an inheritance and a proven faith. Your joy should bring you some confidence. I was thinking about this, and I said, well, how does my joy bring me confidence? And what do I have confidence in? He said, you got a living hope. How does my hope bring joy that brings confidence? And as I was thinking about that and meditating on that and trying to get my mind around that, I I ran across something. This was a quote I read online. It says, now... What if I told you it was possible to defy the odds and tip the scales in your favor? Would you be interested? What if I offered you a proven system that not only allowed you to become properly prepared to survive any situation, natural disaster, or man-made collapse, but also taught you how to convert fear into confidence? Would you want to take a closer look? Wouldn't you want to? Those are the words from a survivalist website. Have you seen these people who are survivalists? They think the world's going to come to an end. They think it's going to be a race war. They think the government's going to come take all their stuff. They think ISIS is going to come down I-10 any minute. They think the Koreans is finna shoot that nuclear weapon. And they are saying, uh, I I can teach you how to be confident in the middle of all of that. And on there, he said, I got some things that we're going to teach you. We're going to teach you how to purify water safely. We're going to teach you how to make fire anywhere. We're going to teach you about building and finding shelter. We're going to teach you about storing and preserving food. We're going to teach you self-defense and security, medical, trauma, and healing. We're going to teach you how to grow food. We're going to teach you hunting and fishing and sanitation. We're going to teach you all of that. And then they said, kick worry and anxiety to the curb. If you ever meet a survivalist, you can't make him worry about anything because he got hope. He got a living hope. And he has joy. He said, you know what? The Koreans are getting ready to launch a nuclear weapon. He said, that don't bother me. I got a place out in the desert. It's underground. I got food. I can survive that. That don't bother me. Well, I think they're going to have a race war. That don't bother me either. I got automatic weapons. I got grenades. I got bazookas. I got bombs. I got, tell them to come on. 
They tell me the government's going to come and take everybody's property. They ain't going to take mine. I got it. I'm, I'm, nothing you tell him is going to disturb him. Why? Because he says, I'm a survivalist. I'm prepared. I got a living hope. I know what I'm looking forward to. I got a hope and I got an inheritance laid up for me. You don't know where it is, but I know where it is. I got 10 years worth of food stock. I got stuff I can make power. I got my own generators. I got solar. And you, you can't mess with me. And Peter is saying, you know what? You got to have an attitude like a survivalist. If you know that God already have everything stored up for you, that you ought to say, you know, nothing will move me. Let it come on. He said on that website, once you have completed these crucial survival skills, you will understand how to handle devastating circumstances such as starvation, dehydration, disease, detention, enslavement, and genocide. You can handle all of that. And then he said, the secret of being able to survive all situations with greater confidence quickly, especially if you've never had to face these types, is being prepared. So number one, I want to tell you that believers should have confidence in a protected inheritance. God has already provided everything you need. So here's one of the challenges that we have. We know the Word of God, but when it comes to our situations, we ain't believing the Word of God. When things get tight, we get fearful, we about to fall down. We having a nervous breakdown. And we says, then you said, and my God shall supply all of my need. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know that. No, but you don't believe that. If you believe that, you'll have a little joy. If you believe that, you have some confidence. Verse 6 says, in this you greatly rejoice. The this is what? The new birth. The this is the living hope. The this is the inheritance. And that term, greatly rejoicing, that is, that is an intense, expressive term that means to be supremely and abundantly happy. Greatly rejoice in this because you don't know exactly what that is. But if you have a good understanding of what that new birth, that living hope, and that inheritance is you can greatly rejoice. We ain't talking about lift your hands and say thank you. We're talking about on the inside of you, you would have an inner peace, an inner joy that will cause you to rejoice and say like Job, though they slay me, yet will I trust in him. You'll have that inner joy. It's a happiness that is not based on circumstances. See, there's a difference between joy and happiness. Happiness has to do with what is happening. You can be happy today, this morning, and be sad this afternoon because your circumstances have changed. But joy rises up in the middle of all of those circumstances, no matter what it is. That comes from within. Happiness comes from without. So God wants you to know for sure of what, what is in store for you. You need to know what's in store. He has reserved and securely protected an eternal inheritance in heaven for every believer. That's why uh, the Apostle Paul urged the church to set our affections on things above 
and not on things of the earth. I heard somebody says, I know you said, Pastor, there's an inheritance laid up for me in heaven. Well, I need some help right here on earth. Well, God says, I'm going to help you right here on earth, but if you're going to put all your chips on here, you need a better, you really need an understanding. Here's what, what Jesus said in the book of John, chapter 16, verse 20. I tell you the truth, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. He said, folks around you are going to be partying and gay popping and lollygagging and having a good time, and uh, you might be weeping and mourning, but you will grieve, but your, your grief will turn to joy. So with you, now is your time of grief but I will see you again, and you will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. Here's what James said in his book. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trial of many kinds. That doesn't make sense that while I'm going through a trial, I need to have some joy. But he's saying, consider it pure joy. Now, again, he's not talking to unbelievers. He's not talking to people that don't have Jesus Christ in their heart. He's not talking to people that don't have the Holy Ghost. He's talking to people that have the Prince of Peace on the inside of you. He said, you ought to have some joy even if you're going through a trial. Uh, you say, I, I just hard to do. Well, it was hard to do. Jesus was on a ship with his disciples and the storm was being tossed back and forth. And Jesus got up and said, what is wrong with y'all acting like I'm not on board? They was crying, Lord, uh, don't you care whether we perish or not? Who's, Jesus said, who's the we? What do you mean we perish? I'm on here. I told you to go to the other side. Well, but the ship is shaking. I know the ship is shaking, but what they got to do with it? I'm on board. And all he did was say, peace, be still. Now, now, what's the issue? Here's what James said in chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Here's the question. How are you going to function and how you're going to operate when the trial is coming. Are you going to persevere under trial? What are you going to do? How are you going to make it? How are you going to perform? How are you going to perform on the test? See, the test is never for the teacher. That's for you to figure out where you are and what you know. It's a test. It's a test for you. No matter what difficult circumstances and persecution they faced, the faithful greatly rejoice because of the future hope from Christ's resurrection. The Lord says, I've overcome the world. Everything you're going through, I've overcome all of that. Believers should have a confidence in a proven faith. Look at what that scripture says, though now for a little while, you may have had to suffer griefs in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine. So Peter turns to the source of joy, which is a confidence in a proven faith. Where is my faith? We walk by faith and not by sight. There is confidence. Rather than allowing a severe trial and persecutions to steal their joy, 
and spoil your anticipation of a future blessing in heaven, genuine believers with a biblical perspective know that suffering actually will add to your joy. He said, your suffering will add to your joy. Uh, some of you have already suffered, and, and you've gotten through that. And when you look back, you say, well, Lord, I'm glad I made it through that. I have the joy that I made it through that. Now, don't overlook the first thing that he says about griefs and trials. The first thing he says, now for a little while. Now for a little while. I know this, a little while seems like a long while while you're in the trial. You ever want a minute to be long? Sometimes we're in the workout with the trainer. He said, grab that weight and put one leg up and hold it for a minute. And after a few seconds, I'm saying, and a minute's up already, ain't it? Now, a minute goes fast when he said you can eat all the ice cream you want for a minute. But when you're under pressure, that's a long time. But he says for a little while. But let me tell you something. In the scheme of things, we are only going to be here for a little while. I don't care how old you get to be in the scheme of eternity. It's only a moment. The Bible says we are like a vapor. Our life is gone. So while you're right in the middle of that storm, while the, while the hellhounds are barking at your heels and you're going through all kinds of difficulties, it looks like you're never going to get out. My life is, is coming apart and all that. And God says, you're saying, it ain't going to last but a little while. We're not going to be here long. You'll be here 80 years. You ain't going to be here long. That's gone really quick. Some of you are uh, old enough to have your 10-year class reunion coming. You're talking about, boy, that really came fast. And some of you are 20-year class reunions of God here, and you said, boy, that was fast. And some of you in your 40-year class reunion be like, hmm. <laughs> it's been 40 years already. And you know, the older you get, the faster time goes, don't it? Somebody say amen. amen. Well, I tell you, this year, right now, I'm 66 years old, and I tell you, I don't feel a day over 65. Time get to moving by. It's a vapor with God. He says, I don't know what the, I don't know why they think they're going through. Even in your worst times, even in your worst sickness, even in your worst situation, God says, I'm gonna snatch them out of there. I'm gonna bring them here to be with me. They ain't gonna even think about what they was going through. They're gonna be so happy to be here. They just don't know that. They just don't know that. Somehow, I don't know how we got to this place, that we are now to where we just investing everything and is all in on living in this life. I certainly hope that you've enjoyed today's broadcast as we have looked at living like Christ in a chaotic culture and having the hope that's eternal in Christ so that we're not looking only at what's going on with us now, but what Christ has in store for us. I want you to be encouraged today because our hope is in Christ Jesus. If you would like to hear today's message again, you can go to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You can listen to today's message or previous messages that have aired on this station. 
Let me take just a moment to invite you to be our guest at The Light of the World. We meet each Sunday in person at 16161 Old Humble Road in North Houston. If you're in Humble, Kingwood, Summerwood, Fall Creek, Northeast Houston, you're in our neighborhood. So come and be our guest. If you're going through some tremendous challenges in your life right now, call us for prayer at 281-964-1393. That's 281-964-1393. You can also visit us online at lowcf.org. lowcf.org. We are excited about having the Beacon Bookstore right here on our campus. People have been coming from all over the city to get Bibles, communion supplies, offering envelopes, books, and study material. So call the Beacon, 281-441-2885. Again, that's 281-441-2885. If the Beacon doesn't have it, we can order it for you. This is Jerry G. Martin saying, May the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.